1: So normally we do this team
2: a little bit later on and actually let me record backup record on zoom too. We'll try again. So normally we do this team a little bit later on because they have something going on. They're an interesting team uh, and we just kind of want to see how they look in preseason. But this team has made it through the offseason, haven't lost anyone of significance and they've also added two significant pieces. But we kind of know where the Boston Celtics are going to be, what they're trying to do, what this team is going to look like to some degree so i wanted to have on jared weiss particularly while those nba finals are relatively fresh here in our memories to discuss the boston celtics how are you doing man oh i thought we were talking about the warriors boston
3: celtics preview okay i can figure that out
2: <laughs> the warriors did have some significant <laughs> significant losses if you what would be your number two team if, if we were gonna if it weren't gonna be the celtics who would we be talking about like my we team i'd want to talk about the most uh
3: yeah probably minnesota just because they are once again in that state of you have no idea what they're actually going to be
2: oh wow yeah i mean that's they're gonna be absolutely fascinating i like they they could get the number one seed in the west this year like that's not totally insane or they could be in the play and i think there's (laughs) no one has any idea like how this alchemy with gobert and, and towns is going to work but the celtics a year ago did find that alchemy and you and i talked before the season they were coming off a down year. They didn't have Jalen Brown in the playoffs. So they lost in five to the Nets. It got totally lit up by a net scene that we thought was amazing. And they started the year in the same vein. You know, they really were 500 halfway through. They were 19 and 21 at one point. Am I remembering that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was not that worried about them because Jalen Brown was hurt again with the hamstring. They didn't really have their team. And then once they really were whole and they got past and the entire league got past the COVID issues, these guys took off like crazy and so i guess what i want to talk about first here and they made some more moves to to add to this team but we saw what they did in the playoffs how real was their regular season performance to you where they're well above 10 net rating just blowing people out getting to be it ended up being the three or sorry two seed in the east actually after being below 500 at midseason. how real was that regular season performance to you
3: if they have lots of the bucks in the second round maybe i'd have some questions but they they, i think they validated it it's that buck series is such an interesting one because i feel like every playoff run has this there's that one inflection point in the middle of the postseason where everything could have gone differently and chris middleton not being able to make it back for that series it gave boston a huge edge they i mean they won in seven but they also dominated that game seven so i'm i it's it's hard to figure out whether that's like a super close call or not i would say it is right if you had to come back from being down three two so
2: they were on the well it's it's interesting i mean both the miami and the milwaukee series you always felt well i wouldn't say you always felt but i think after that game four when they came back in the milwaukee series i felt like they were just they were the better team and you know it wasn't necessarily that they're like fucking around but that they weren't quite playing to their capabilities when they would lose Games, so I, I felt like they clearly were the best team in the Eastern
3: Conference without Chris Middleton. Did you feel that way? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I they were the fav- I had them as slight favorites in both series, and it finished out that way. Conference Finals, you know, similar story where Butler gets hurt in the middle of that series, and they still barely squeak it out. That could have gone a lot differently. They for the most part managed to stay at least available. You know, one of the big things was Tatum just lost his legs by the conference finals. Like, yeah. that was something I was writing about during the conference finals. It didn't quite rear Ted is a major issue against Miami, but against Golden State, it certainly did. And I remember in the finals, my story after game one was about how even though he couldn't score, he had a great game just with the way he managed the game and the way he was playmaking and all that kind of stuff. And I was thinking like, this is the start of him ascending into that superstar stratosphere where they're able to take away your best thing. And then you still have something else you can do well enough that it allows you to impact on a high level. And he just never fully got there and sustained there in the finals and then those last couple of games his legs were just shot and he's airballing shots I mean like all sorts of stuff that he just you know it was it was pretty clear fatigue had taken over and a lot of the stuff they said after the finals made it clear that was the issue so uh, you know the Celtics I think legitimized and validated everything that we saw out of them in the regular season and their ceiling looks like there's still more room to grow into it and the way that they've structured their offseason it should de- it should help at least address a lot of the fatigue issues and playmaking issues that they did find when they faced elite defenses over and over again in the postseason. But I don't know how much drastically higher their ceiling is than this, which is fine because their seal, at least right now, they were, well, they almost won the championship. You're not supposed to get that much higher though.
2: Than- yeah. And to talk a little bit about what they did towards the end of the season uh, after January 20th, which I just picked uh, arbitrarily as around the time that I felt like they started surging 14.7 net rating per cleaning the glass. And that filters out garbage time of which they had plenty in their favor during that period 28 and 8 and they actually won three games fewer than expected they did struggle in the few close games they had but not many number one on offense 120.5 offensive rating number one on defense 105.8 and that 105.8 was oh 4.4 points Per 100 better than the number two defense during that period. So, just absolute statistical domination uh, of a type that we've rarely seen over the course of of half a season uh, and really doing it on both ends. And I thought the biggest thing was that they were healthy where they hadn't been the start of the season. Had they not gotten Brogdon and had they not gotten Gallo, I would be concerned that maybe they would be more worried about the fatigue factor or guys could get hurt. And if Tatum or Braun miss any time, then they're going to struggle. But now that they have have these guys and i think their top 8 or 9 is rock solid for the regular season like I, my overall expectation i might be jumping a gun a little bit here is they're just going to continue that i think they're going to be like you know maybe not a 15 net writing team and it's harder to be good in the first half of the season the second half like that but you know i think they could be a 60 win team you know 55 60 wins that's kind of what i
3: see for these guys this year i think that's the median that they're shooting for absolutely i totally agree with you on that um mostly just because they they performed at such a high level last year it- you don't expect them to play at that level throughout the year, but they did it so late into the year and the results were already pretty good at the very end that if, they, if they're if they able to just play well for the majority of the season, they can they can waltz their way into the high 50s, low 60s. So this team, it's always been about consistency. That's been their issue. It's I think it's just an issue that you're expecting to see on a team with young stars who are not playmakers first. They are... You know, Tatum, I think, has made a lot of progress towards becoming a more holistic playmaker. Brown... His his basket vision has certainly improved. I think it's just his dribble control is an issue, and even beyond just like the, the all the fumbles he was having against Golden State, there's just types of there's like types of dribble moves to be more of a passer than a than a deep penetrating driver and finisher that he still needs to develop. But like they're making the progress for sure. I don't know how much further they have to go at this point, but I assume they still have uh, room to grow. But like this team is run by young star wings trying to figure out how to actually run a team, and that's why the inconsistency was such a problem especially early in the year and then again in the postseason just because in the in the regular season they got into such a rhythm and they also had a they, they found that rhythm against a really bad slate of, of teams that were hurt or weren't good teams or whatever it may be and so it was it took a while for them to actually get really tested in the regular season they ended up passing that test really well which I think was like that was the point where we we're like okay this team is for real they're a legit title contender and then they were able to keep that momentum going in the postseason but just like they fell into their bad habits against Milwaukee, Miami, and especially Golden State, and that's usually going to be on your best players to break your team out of those habits. And so the hope is that by adding somebody like Brogdon, who is you know a good game manager and is a is a really really well rounded player, they at least have somebody at a level that can score against a playoff defense and actually has the cachet to be able to kind of step in and resettle them.
2: Yeah, I feel a little bit differently. I mean, and again, we're we're going to be a little more haphazard here than our normal rubric because everyone knows this team so so well and they're. some weaknesses in the playoffs i think sometimes at least in my opinion it's easy to kind of chalk it up to it being within a player's control of like all right you know they're just they're not executing the way they want to like if their approach was just different etc whereas i'm still not sure that this team and particularly tatum against the absolute highest level of defenses has the ability to really create separation one-on-one or to really draw two you know i think like miami and Golden State in particular were able to switch. And Tatum, you know, he wasn't able to, and maybe this is due to the legs issue, but he wasn't able to beat Kevon Looney or even Nemanja Bielitza at times. Like he doesn't have an elite first step and elite quickness. And so he's reliant on the jumper falling down and he couldn't really create great separation. That maybe was where more where the legs issue showed up to get to those long twos. And so he wasn't really drawing two, I thought, incredibly well. And then when he did get into the lane, then he wasn't really able to finish particularly well or or make. A great decision in that Golden State series. So I think it's partially that he's just not like an elite physical player as an isolation guy, and partially just that you know more experience and fatigue, uh, all of those things. Because he really is the engine for them. Like Jalen Brown to me is more of a change of pace, second side, attack from the wings. You know, get the ball against a scramble defense and then he's deadly rather than attacking a set defense guy. So I still wonder about them a little bit at the highest levels uh, as far as offensive creation goes. And, you know, maybe Brogdon and Gallo will help with that. Maybe Brogdon can close some games with them. I'm not sure that he can beat a switching defense either, though. So I still do, in the end, see that possibly as being a weakness, even if they are able to improve their approach somewhat.
3: Yeah, I mean, we saw against Giannis and Jimmy Butler, the, and obviously stuff like the difference there between uh, a star and like a truly elite veteran superstar. Those guys were just, they were able to force their way to where they wanted at a rate better than what Tatum and Brown were able to do. Yeah. And I, I think... I do think the main culprit for Tatum was legs. I I do. It's, just because like there were so many of his usual shots that he was able to get to and he was front rimming like especially like uh when he was trying to go iso against looney and Lisa, a lot of those turnaround jumpers are usually money for him and he was front rimming so many of those and so if like if those shots are going down i think we're looking at him a, a lot differently because we're thinking okay so when tatum is going up against a defense that could take away his high pick and roll game and all that kind of stuff he can still get to mid-range spots and convert pretty consistently in the way that like butler was doing and stuff he didn't he yeah. wasn't able to do that at the very end of the playoffs. He was doing it pretty well in the first couple rounds, although Milwaukee certainly put him through the ringer, and that took him a while to figure out. But I, I mean, I'm pretty, I've always been bullish on Tatum. He's so far has followed through, I think, on everything that I've projected. And we've, we've been doing this podcast together pretty much since his career started, right? So I think we've had this debate yeah, think pretty much so, in yeah. the offseason. And I think he's followed the track that I've been describing pretty well. But I think you've also hit the nail on the head a couple times about basically just like the hardest thing that there is to do, which is closing out in the play and so he's not quite there yet and I just presume at 24 with the progress he's made so far that he's going to get there at some point pretty soon
2: yeah and I think maybe and he's been getting stronger and stronger he still doesn't have quite like the greatest core strength and he might just have too high of a base for this but I always felt like his best chance would be kind of playing more like Kawhi exactly. in that mid post area where he can use his strength to get to spots and then just rise up because he doesn't necessarily have that elite for First step so I, I that's hopefully something that he can get to where he's undeniable from those areas that, and then can draw more double team help man it is crazy to think that i've been working with helix sleep since 20. 20- we ended up having to return it because, hey, guess what? Not everyone is the same. And then she did some more research and found Helix Sleep. We took their sleep quiz and we found a mattress that actually worked for us uh, and our body types and uh, helix offers 20 unique matches Every sleeps differently and helix matches are designed for specific sleep positions and field preferences hot or cold side sleeper back sleeper so take that helix sleep quiz find your perfect mattress in under two minutes and it's shipped straight to your door free of charge it's no risk because heavy material that'll keep you warm it's not too hot as well so i was able to wear it in the car not be too hot step out of the car and still be warm enough when i was filling up gas or going into a restaurant or something that i didn't feel like i needed my jacket even when it was cold outside things are amazingly durable i proposed to my wife wearing an american giant hoodie in the grand canyon almost seven years ago i still own that same hoodie i still wear it constantly and american giant has since spread out into all sorts uh, of other types of clothing like their premium slub crew tee the no bs high-rise pant the Slim rough neck pant featured in Giant Magazine, issue two. Every American Giant piece is made in America and designed to last, no exceptions, and it provides year round comfort. So find a closet staple for every part of your spring days at American Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use that finger code CAP space at checkout. You just remember we talk about CAP space all the time here on the program. That's 20% off your first order at American Giant.com. Don't forget that CAP space code to let them know you came from us. Help. Um, all right, so, so let's get back to the new additions here Brogdon and Gallo specifically how do you see Malcolm Brogdon fitting into what Ima Yudoka is trying to do with this group?
3: I mean I think the only question mark with Brogdon is just health because I mean the big thing with him is is he going to shoot well? He he was in Indy for three years the middle year he shot really well those other two years he was hurt and the numbers were not pretty and so you know, I everyone he talked to in Indiana they're like a little torn on it and I think there was just some fatigue with Brogdon in that he was positioned to be their main offensive player and he's not quite at the level to do that for a playoff team but you put him on a put him in a six-man role you would assume he'd be pretty incredible probably be the best six man in the league or pretty close to it so with him it's the question of how much is the ball going to be in his hands and then if he is spacing can he actually knock down 40 percent of his shots or you know close to that and make this team a truly elite driving kick shooting team something that they were really good with in the regular season and then were super inconsistent with in the postseason but at the end of the day like he's their third best on ball player on this team now and they're able to add him in without taking anybody else away and so the challenge is really mostly how do they still get everybody minutes and touches like how do they get the most out of Derek White who was really productive for them but they didn't really want to use him a lot as a backup point guard so I assume Brogdon's gonna get the ball in his hands but at the end of the day I feel like because Brogdon is big enough to work in their switching scheme and he is just a composed enough driver that he will allow them to actually have someone else get the ball into the paint Reliably, which is something that was a real challenge for them when Tatum and Brown weren't able to do it. I think he's just going to be a huge addition for it.
2: Yeah, I'm really interested to see what it looks like in the playoffs. I think regular season, plenty of minutes for him. He'll, he'll probably come off the bench like they're, they'll probably start big again, you would think. Uh, and if when Al Horford gets the night off, they probably even would start uh, with Grant Williams, uh, or if Robert Williams, we'll talk about his situation coming up here in a second is getting the night off as well. Uh, but you know, I could see 25, 30 minutes a game for sure coming off the bench he said he has no problem coming off the bench and what i wonder about though is the second part of that like, he certainly has the size of to be in a switching system he's very strong that was one of the, his primary selling points was being a rugged defender coming out of virginia and then his offensive ability particularly the shooting it was something that really surprised everyone so i'm wondering whether he's going to be quick enough and he also the last time he's been in the playoffs it's really been three years now since he was in that environment you know he actually did disappoint me a little bit with his individual defense with the box and that was when he was younger and a little bit quicker so i wonder in the end when they're going up against elite players. I'm worried more about him from a quickness standpoint too of whether he could stay in front of guys like I don't know if you could have guarded Steph Curry on a switch in that series the good news is there aren't that many guards like that that they're as worried about in the east uh, unless they go up against Kyrie Irving is probably the guy you would point to and so I, I wonder though when the chips are down whether Udoka would just be more comfortable with Derek White than Brogdon because to me what makes this team special is their defensive identity and the ability to go throughout all five positions and that when that can break down and that's part of why I don't expect Gallo to play much in the playoffs either when that breaks down then like the kind of the whole theory of the team is messed up whereas yeah you could use a little bit more on offense but I, I think that you and Udoka to me is always going to be a guy who's going to go defense first as well so it wouldn't shock me if we see Derek White play more than Brogdon
3: in the playoffs. completely agree with you and especially at least with closing game I expect White probably is going to close more especially because at the end of games they are already have, assuming Smart is closing, they already have three playmakers out there already. So their need is probably going to be more on the defensive end than it is offensive. And I expect Brogdon to guard up p- positions more than White. Like White yeah. is a great point guard defender and did a good job in the Warrior series even until the last couple games where he just, he was off completely in those last couple games, like getting beat while squared up in, isol- in space against guys like Poole and Curry. Like it was kind of weird. So I don't know if that was a fatigue thing or what it was. But White is probably going to be their primary rotation point guard, def- or, you know, quick guard defender, and Brogdon will probably get some of the bigger guys. Um, and, and I do wonder how much the Celtics are going to change things with their defensive scheme. Like they're gonna, they're not going to change too much. They're going to be a primary switching team. You just wonder if they're going to change how they position their help. There, if they're going to change, um, like whether they're going to uh, keep. So like, okay, so like their whole thing was they changed up their system last year to keep the center tagged onto the baseline so he could basically just right, play for right. safety teams are going to be used to that now and they're going to be looking to exploit that corner so it makes you wonder are they going to start having like the other second side guy come down to you know help and things like that where maybe that's where Brogdon finds a lot of his offensive value because he's strong and he's long and he makes your early reads on so I think they'll be able to find a role for him they're so deep with defensive talent as is like I guess outside of Gallinari and then Pritchard is he is like very specific parts of his game where he's good on defense and then otherwise his size really leaves him vulnerable so I, I I don't know if Brogdon is just going to be exclusively a 2 3 for the most part on defense, but they are able to generally put together lineups where they're not going to need him to guard the one.
2: Yeah, I think that's um, maybe him playing with Smart it will be something that they go for, or you know, it'll just be in the regular season and it'll just play with Pritchard and it's not going to matter because the other team doesn't have that much of a great threat. And then Brogdon, also, I think if he can get back to more catch and shoots, that will really help his three point game. It's really been the off the dribble stuff that I I think has been more difficult for him now he was not great on catch and shoots last year only 33 but back in milwaukee when that was primarily how he was shooting he was in the 40s and so i wonder how his volume might be able to increase uh, as more of an off-ball player but certainly as long as he stays healthy I and mean, when we talk about that is there an understanding of like you know what his injuries are or is there anything that there, that's a major concern specifically or is it just like generally breaking down as, as he has been
3: i mean i think they're just trying to protect his ankles and his hammy calves and stuff like that yeah just everything everything below the head for the most part um <laughs> So, well, he is a very smart guy that's true his, his, his head
2: i think we can we can assume is fine uh yeah,
3: but he's he's gonna get a lot of rest and i think his minutes are gonna be pretty low which is i think that's that's the thought with him and gallo and with rob williams too it's just that the deeper they get the more that they can pace these guys throughout the season a lot of back-to-back rest for him horford probably rob williams too uh it, it's like they're gonna be able to i think manage load a lot better this year than they did last
2: yeah and so how about gallo fitting in here Back up for 20 minutes a game is that kind of yeah what the twen- expectation is Yeah,
3: tw- 20 was the, the 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 guarantee that they are giving him what i've been hearing so i i would expect them to be right around that it's hard to figure out the math that allows grant williams to get the minutes that he needs while also getting peyton pritchard into the game too so that's gonna be a little tricky because they do have a lot they have a lot of guys that are worthy of getting minutes so yeah but i guess they'll probably just have a lot of guys down towards the mid to low 20s or there's just going to be a lot of guys that are sitting out throughout the year and so it's all going to kind of bounce Balance out, but Gallo—he's going to be getting twenty a night, and they need somebody on the elbows that can shoot the ball and make good reads. Because Grant Williams is mostly in the corners, and maybe he'll be able to move out of that corner and evolve his game a little bit more. But they—they they do need a four that can operate off of the elbow, and that's something that obviously Gallo does really well.
2: What do you think that second unit is going to look like? Because the one weakness I would point to on this team is lack of depth in terms of like normal centers, right? So mm-hmm. I, Al Horford and Rob Williams are really the only guys people playing that they're probably both going to start which is fine and, and I'm sure they'll stagger those guys quite a bit because now they have all this depth at, at power forward behind them but neither of those guys I think is someone that you want playing more than certainly 30 minutes a game probably 25 I would say yeah at this point so are, is it going to be Grant Williams at center is it going to be like Cornette or Kevin Gailey like what are they going to do there because it does seem like they are going to need more minutes during the regular year out of a rim protecting center than Horford and Williams are necessarily going to be able to give him on a night-to-night basis.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. So they usually will have an early sub for Williams, and then Horford is playing the five, and and uh, Rob Williams, and Grant Williams will come in so they can stay double big most of the time. So I I assume that they're going to continue to go with that, and they did experiment in the postseason with subbing Rob out like four minutes into the game, basically, and I do wonder, I'd imagine that part of that is so that Horford can be the initial second unit center, but then not have have to play the tire first quarter because he can't handle that so i wonder if they're gonna do something along those lines but i wouldn't be surprised if grant williams got more five uh time and galanari's yeah. four, and they just they they just crash the glass really hard defensively and they slow it down a little bit but at least with that lineup you're five you're, you're completely five out with shooters. like good good knockdown shooters in your front court so they can certainly make that work and i think the other well, one part of that that works is that grant has made a lot of strides as a rim protector he's finally like last year was the year that he finally was able to basically rotate into position early and go straight up without fouling every single time. So if he if he's put in the five, he's going to have to do that a lot more. I think maybe rebounding is more of a concern. If you keep Tatum and Brown out there with that lineup, at least you got a lot of length and athleticism to help crash the glass, but you're not able to run out in transition as much. But I, I think they're probably going to put the faith in Grant Williams to play the five just because... I mean I like I, I think Cornette, if Udoka had trusted him more last year, Cornette maybe could have got more time and in getting into a little bit of a rhythm defensively. Just never really got that chance. And that's why I was surprised when they re-signed Cornette, because Udoka was not playing him when there were moments where they clearly needed Cornette out there. But I, I don't expect Cornette to be as impactful at the rim as William as Grant Williams is, just because Grant Williams is so much more physical and is such a it is such a good rebounder, or at least like a, a boxer outer. I, I think that they don't need Horford and Rob Williams on off the floor for too long, so they can get away with those Grant Williams at the five lineups for a couple minutes a night, and that'll be sufficient. But I wouldn't if that doesn't work early on. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to acquire just just some sort of defensive five that is a little bit better, or just at least has a little bit more length. Grant,
2: yeah, maybe they'll give Cornette and Kevin Gailey a shot and see what happens there. I mean, I'm not too wild by either of those guys. Kevin Gailey had a nice summer league. um You know, I think I like Grant Williams at the five. I mean, going back to that 2020 East Finals. I I was pissed off that they didn't play him at the five more and switch against Miami. They went away from that in in some crucial games, and I thought it hurt them. But I think Grant playing next to Gallo—that's not amazing because I don't think you want Gallo switching. So, but it's tough if both of those guys are are coming off the bench. So maybe there's a way actually that Gallo is your first. Like I like the combination of Gallo and Rob Williams pretty well because Rob can kind of clean up behind Gallo with his athleticism, and then. Gallo at the four you know, what we really haven't seen a ton of from these guys is like really good spread pick and roll play and if you have Gallo shooting at the four you could get to some lineups where they can really utilize Rob's gravity I think also Brogdon as like a more traditional pick and roll point guard could be a really good fit there so putting together Rob Brogdon and Gallo and then you know a couple of defenders and shooters and then you just play a more conventional defensive style with that group but yeah I just I mean maybe you could also play Grant and gallo together in certain lineups where grant could guard the three you know he was pretty good guarding like kd for example Uh, so maybe you could go that way and then still play a center and have a a way to play them together then but then you're also needing more minutes out of the center position again or maybe you just say hey you know what gallo you can switch but we've still got enough size and defense around you that'll it be okay so i think they're gonna play around with it some i mean that's the whole big thing is the one thing that maybe gives me a little bit of pause about like oh man these guys are gonna be absolute world beaters during the regular season because they are they're gonna have gallo and they'll probably have someone who's not an elite defender playing five some as well and that might compromise this defense that was so unbelievable just because they had zero weaknesses at all after the white trade so that would be if i have to point to like any regular season weakness from this team it would probably be that but like once they get in the playoffs that's not gonna be an issue
3: yeah i I wouldn't be surprised if they have a second unit of white brogdon tatum gallo and grant and then either you're trying to put gallo in the strong side corner or maybe even put him at the five and just basically tell him your job is just to hang out on that weak block and just run back and forth between the lane but the thought there being all those other defenders are such a are such tough point of attack guys that they can keep the they can prevent you know significant dribble penetration where the center is left exposed so any
2: other uh kind of lineup issues that you anticipate that udoka is gonna have to sort out for this group during the regular season or the playoffs for that matter like any kind of competition that are going to be a focus in camp, perhaps.
3: Yeah, I mean, poor Grant Williams. He finally won his spot, and now Gallo comes in. So, I mean, there's definitely going to be some competition there for like who's your main forward off of the bench and who's your main floor, floor spreader off of the bench. So, there's that. There is White versus Brogdon there, and like is uh, White White was really good last year. And credit to him that on the nights where teams were leaving him completely alone on the elbow when he got the ball swung to him, he did a pretty good job of finding a way to drive and attack and keep the ball moving when he didn't want to shoot it. And obviously he got hot at times during the playoffs, but I don't think we're expecting him to be shooting 37, 38 percent three. Like he's probably going to be in the low to mid-30s at best. So can White continue to be an off-ball player and still be very effective? That's like the huge question mark there, because we know that Brogdon most likely will be able to do that. I, I just assume that as, as much as having the best defense in the league is going to be their identity or their goal, I, I think that they're looking at this as we know that we're a championship-caliber team, so our big objective here is to make a more dynamic offense develop throughout the year and to pace our main players as much as possible so that we can be at our best throughout the entire playoff run
0: welding instructor alex Declare knows firsthand how vr training platforms like forge fx can help meet the demand for skilled workers
2: anywhere you go look there's going to be a shortage of
0: welders
2: Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because yeah, it does seem like that's going to be, and particularly with again with Horford and Williams, I mean those and Tatum, those three guys. To me, Tatum is younger, so it's maybe less of an issue. But those three guys are guys that they really need fresh, and, and most importantly, not hurt going to the playoffs. And Smart too is another guy who I think can wear down. Like he's someone who I think can really benefit from just playing fewer minutes. Not necessarily because he gets tired, but it just if he's playing thirty minutes a game instead of thirty five, you know that's like five minutes fewer per game in which he can get hurt. <laughs> by just yep. like
3: flying around and crashing into shit. And that's just that's just 15% or whatever the number is less wear and tear because he, <laughs> he comes into the playoffs hurt every year. Like he's banged up every right. year coming to the playoffs and he gets a significant injury in the playoffs every year and then plays through it. But like the big thing that people have to remember is that in game six, in game five of the finals last year, Smart and Brown were like the only two guys that were still playing at a high level. Those guys, like, Smart and yeah. Brown were great in game six and everybody else was just standing like the series was over. So those two guys are they're two of the most well like it's ironic because smart has had like you know he's been a little overweight at times during his career and stuff like that and they've wanted to get his weight a little bit down but as far as like energy and conditioning and maintaining it like smart and brown are as good as it gets in the game do you see sam hauser being in the
2: rotation all this year i I know they've talked about him as possibly being able to emerge as a shooter on the wings
3: yeah so they, they need him i just wrote about this the other day on the athletic had to plug it in some point he is the only like dude over six foot six that that's like a categorical wing on this team besides Tatum and Brown. Maybe you can put hmm. Galloway in that, but like he's, he's like the only other dude that's a wing basically. They're going to need him at some point. They're going to need somebody who's, you know, I think he's probably like 6'8 in, re- in reality. He's got pretty long arms. He moves pretty decently for a 6'8 wing and he is pretty solid at using his length against ball handlers on defense and closing out and stuff like that. His main issue on defense has been just he sometimes gets blown through at the point of attack against like big, powerful wings that are his size. But sure. overall, like I think he's actually got a lot more he's got enough 3 and D potential that the Celtics gave him two years guaranteed when they really didn't do that so they clearly like him summer league he shot terribly but he did a lot of other things that I thought were pretty nice so I think he has just enough versatility that if he's shooting the ball well they probably will try to work him into the mix uh, maybe not every single night but he'll probably get like a couple middle of the half three or four minute rotations out there for sure he's like just he has just enough skill that he probably could at least get a shot at that when someone's ice cold but he's got gallo and grant williams ahead of him who does to do everything that he does at a higher level
2: yeah i mean i think he's not as good obviously because this is this guy's a 20 million dollar a year player in the league but think of like a very light joe harris type of a player it would be how I, I think i would describe his profile for those who haven't seen much of him because you know he hasn't played much at the nba level um you know that, that i think the hope is that he can develop into being you know a, a kind of a bench version of that anybody whose performance either for better or for worse, you'd expect is going to differ substantially from what we've seen in the past.
3: I mean, obviously with Horford, you're always worried that he's going to hit that wall and he's going to start to fall off. So that's that's the obvious concern, just because he's going to be right.
2: Um, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, the more I think about it, maybe they should just not start him maybe they should just only bring him off the bench i mean even that like four to six minutes a game of him playing next to rob and they can go back to that in the playoffs certainly it's been a good combo i think they should particularly against milwaukee Uh, i think that's a really good combo uh and and even miami too where just to get more size where you know butler can't get to the room i think is is big but like if you're gonna spend even five minutes game with those two guys playing together now it's like horford to get as much backup center minutes as you need like he's got to play too many minutes like i would even have him on like you know the 20 minute the game plan uh, potentially think, yeah they're gonna be close to and that, just probably. start grant
3: that could happen or they could start white that's also possible i haven't heard anything that indicates that they're changing the starting lineup as of now but obviously yeah you know everyone's still away maybe that's gonna change i think that they could probably still start horford and just get a sub-in really early like four minutes in and that probably works but yeah I mean they they gotta like they're they're deep enough that they don't have to start horford to be able to win so they, they right. their, their main objective is to make sure horford is good for the the entire playoff because Horford, he did his usual playoff valve thing where he completely transformed into a different player when the playoff started. But as as we yeah. got into the later rounds, like he started to fade a little bit.
2: It's so amazing that for a guy who was viewed in his Atlanta days and even early in his Boston tenure, at least that first year as a guy who was an all-star level of player who didn't perform up to that in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden in 1718 he became this playoff monster yeah. for the Celtics and the three postseasons he's had, at least two of them have been really good. You know what this is, though, Jared? This is just me with sour grapes wishing that horford and rob williams wouldn't play together so much because <laughs> i lost that bet to you last year that's right and correct, sadly man. i was only at summer league for two days i did not have a chance to pay it off uh, for you yet so if you come out here that that will that will be in the offing uh because uh i i certainly uh cashed in on my own uh my own bet which i think it was the tatum three-point shooting the year before that's right um, that's right of whether it'd be over or under 40 percent. yeah i mean that's the one thing as we're talking about guys you can get better i mean Tatum him only shooting 35 percent from three for the year and i mean for that first half of the year when they struggled so badly particularly offensively you know he was like 30 percent from three i mean he really was you know i mean he was clearly an all-star level of player but he wasn't even necessarily if you looked at his stats playing at an all-star level the first half of the year or so and you know then he came on and by the playoffs he obviously was a huge threat from downtown as he always is but that's something where i think just normalizing getting back into the high 30s should make him a, a better player this year year even before he makes any
3: improvement skill-wise I mean he's making a run for the scoring title at that point if he's shooting decently for three and that's Mm. that's like one of the big questions for him to answer besides even just the playoff closing is can he have a full consistent regular season every season of his career has been like the tail of two halves basically and it's like every year the second half of the season he he pushes himself into the mvp race but the first half is kind of a struggle so that's a big question this year I mean I I think everyone's looking at like him and Luca like those are the two guys that could jump up into the front of the MVP race this year if one of them dominates and their team captures one of the top seeds so that's you know kind of all eyes are on him and whoever is next to him between Jalen Brown and Kevin Durant
2: yeah and I think really for all the depth that they've added it comes down to me like whether the Celtics win the championship this year is going to come down to just how good Tatum and Brown are like can they get to that superstar level and to the Celtics credit they won two series arguably even three series uh, although it wasn't the case in that series against the nets but they won three series where they probably didn't have the best player in that series uh or or definitely like they had there was a guy who's capable of reaching higher levels mm-hmm. but they won them and then the fourth series where they didn't have the best player they finally ran out of gas against stuff but it is very hard to win that way and the the celtics do fit though that archetype of the teams that we have seen that have made the finals or even have that have won championships like the 14 spurs like the 04 Pistons the late 80s Pistons who were able to do it with incredible defense and then incredible depth with just no weaknesses up and down the lineup and I would even say that Jason Tatum is probably a better player than better best player than those teams had uh so I think if any team can do it, it would be the Celtics to win series and win a championship when you don't have the best player in the series. But it would be a lot easier if Jason Tatum were just the best player in the series or Jalen Braun can be the second best player in a series or the third best if Tatum's only the second best. So it's I think they've they made their bet on those two guys when they moved on finally from Kemba and they didn't replace them with the traditional point guard and they still haven't really done that. So ultimately, like it, it lies in just how much these guys are going to be able to improve uh, in the 365 days between the end of this finals a- and the next finals, or maybe, you know, 300 days, depending on <laughs> when they lose in the playoffs or not.
3: Yeah, I mean, they're they pretty clearly trying to be the 2014 Spurs. Yemi has talked about it. Uh, Jay King wrote some good stories about that, too, uh, over on The Athletic. But the... I think the big thing that they're looking at is can we maintain that chemistry that that they had in the second half of the season because they were they were a chemistry team like through and through they weren't they weren't an overwhelming talent team they were a chemistry team they were clicking on all cylinders they were able to make their offensive scheme work and obviously their defensive scheme hardly slipped all year their big thing was they got to the postseason and found that they just did not have enough variety in their in their offensive scheme and they they, like they were able to do what they did at a a high enough level that they could beat pretty much every team in the in the game until you get to the playoffs. And then it's like, you're facing elite defenses who can take that main thing away from you. And they just didn't have, they didn't have enough to go to outside of that. And so I, I just feel like by adding, like you add in in Gallo, a knockdown shooter that can make good decisions, attacking closeouts and Brogdon a, just like a good holistic playmaker that can pretty much do everything so they can use them in a variety of different ways. And so it just, they're going to take enough off of Tatum and Brown shoulders that those guys aren't going to have to do the hard stuff as much as they did before. And they're not going to have to beat themselves into the ground, just trying to carry the team over and over and over like they did in spots at the same level. And that just taking a little bit of that load off of them is probably going to allow the Celtics to just avoid these, like the reasons that they lost a lot of the time were just like very quick flash collapse. And we saw it like those last couple series, they were like, they were trading off 20 to two runs back and forth over and over again. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they would, they would have won the title easily if they just didn't give up like a 15, nothing run every other game basically if they i mean they they're pretty confident in it, and it seems reasonable that if they hadn't just collapsed at the end of game four of the finals they would have gone up 3-1 and they would have had a pretty it would have been highly likely they would have won the title at that point so they th- this was a team that early on was characterized by these sudden collapses in the fourth quarter and they figure that out and then they got to the playoffs where it's hard again and once again that happened because tatum and brown just could not fight through they ran out of gas they got frustrated and there was just nobody else that could really consistently help bail the team out they've added the two guys that should should be able to do that so it just seems like this team doesn't really have any weaknesses anymore
2: yeah I mean as we get into that before we do predictions of what this team's weaknesses might be I would still say other than Braun there is and maybe Brogdon can be this although we'll see where he's at physically and now his age 30 season because he he was able to do this for the box and then you know he was in a different role but just attacking the rim off the dribble and finishing other than Jalen Brown, they don't necessarily have anyone who's amazing at that and I would say that overall, this is you know i i don't know i i I was gonna say maybe they're a below average passing team but they have a lot of passing up and down the roster with guys like horford and rob williams and smart like their secondary passing is really good but i would still put tatum and brown kind of in the lower end particularly among playoff teams of passing skills from your primary initiator. maybe they'll just improve that this year and that won't be a weakness but until proven otherwise i I would have to say that that would be a weak to me
3: um i mean you are right in that i think they're actually one of the best secondary pass teams, but they don't have. Yeah, they they don't have like a top twenty individual you know uh, initiate for sure. I, I disagree that Tatum. I think Tatum took a big enough leap with his playmaking last year that I think he is. I guess if you're looking at star wing, I would say he's now above average as a initial choreographer. And Brown, I would say is below average at this point. And I think Brown yeah. his issues are more handled than actual passing at this point. Like he's opened up a lot of the kind of drive and kickbacks and nifty dump off finds and stuff like that for him it's more about his pace control and just keeping his dribble strong and stuff of that so you know like like golden State just did an amazing job of taking him out of his comfort zone and not making him a passer and he had a i think he had a negative assist to turnover ratio in the playoffs which we thought he had finally gotten past that point of his career and then it fell back to that tatum wasn't that good but it wasn't as bad as that so i mean these guys it's like i I would say brogdon just going through the tape last year brogdon was a really good driver he he was really good at making that bump once he hits the lane line and then getting to a finger roll Uh, he he did it against yeah, he, he's almost just every type of a straight person
2: line out. driver getting yeah. to the corner of the backboard. He was very very good uh, overall, and I just hope that he maintains the athleticism to continue to do that.
3: Yeah, and I know that from people I talked to in Indiana, like he could have come back last year, played out the rest of the year, but the team. Wait, wait,
2: what? Anyway. what? 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 He could have come back. Like, the, yeah, for, they, for, so the, the, really like they they held him out when he's healthy. I
3: mean, <laughs> what, what's going I, on in this league? I don't know what would Benedict him to do something like that, but. That's that's how it worked. That's how the mathron worked out in the end. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> that was good. Yeah. That was good. That that, that was uh that, that
2: was a real GM radio ask uh,
3: pun <laughs> right there. Oh man. Um. So like like I, I think his health is is not as bad as it seems for sure. At least like like I think he's coming into the season fresh. I think he's fine. But we know his history for sure.
2: One other possible weakness. Could there be some chemistry issues? I know they found it at the end of last year, but you know Jalen Brown has been in trade talks you know I don't think that's been particularly extensive but obviously if the Boston Celtics are going to make any offer for Kevin Durant he will be included that's just how it's going to work uh you know I'm not sure you know he did tweet about it I'm not sure how aggrieved he actually is how aggrieved he'll be when he comes in you've got Brogdon who probably feels he's making 20 million a year like generally when you're getting paid that much and he left Milwaukee because he wanted to his own team in Indiana and he's saying the right things right now and perhaps when he sees that yeah all we got was all they got from you was a late first that you know maybe his value around the league isn't as high but especially if he's playing well he may want to close like he's kind of chafed it at, at times in indiana under various coaches so i mean there's no like dennis Schroeder on this team either but you know grant williams could he be wanting more playing time particularly if the extension doesn't get worked out with him So I I do think there could be a few
3: possible issues here with these guys, at least during the dog days of the regular season. Yeah, I mean the the most obvious one I think is just Gallinari, another another former Atlanta Hawk that's brought in with a you know a minutes expectation, a role expectation, and and he may not deserve twenty minutes a game on this team. Yeah, he's he's also he's a one dimensional player who plays at a certain speed. I shouldn't say one dimensional, a one way player that plays at a certain speed. Yeah. So if that's not working, they might you know they might have to move on, which uh, that by the player option was so surprising on the second year but so that's certainly one factor um but he i mean the dude wants to win a title like that's what he was all about when he first got introduced and he's looking at this like i'm running out of time to be a major contributor on a title team brogdon doesn't quite have the same urgency but he's approaching it with the same mindset and i mean i think the thing that really stood out for me with brogdon was when i when i talked to him right after the trade he voluntarily said i didn't even lead him into this he said i i used to care about stats and money and i don't care about that anymore whatsoever i just want to win a championship and yeah. so well now that he's gotten his stats
2: and money exactly and that's, fine. that's fine
3: he already he's already gotten his 20 points per game he's already gotten his 50 yeah. 40 90 he's already gotten a well, lot and, of money and,
2: and let's not forget he was a second round pick who was making the league minimum for i think three years yeah it was three years before uh ending up in indiana so i i, I would be caring about money too if i could uh you know 20x my salary
3: yeah um now that yeah. i've been around the nba for a while i i honestly find it weird when guys care more about winning than getting their money when they haven't even made any money yet. Like, dude, go get yourself $100 million and then you can worry about winning after that. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that sounds like a good plan. Yeah.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? that's the sound of all the sports you love all at once starting at $40 a month experience it all live with sling sling
2: okay predictions time here and we'll go back to last year we were actually slightly higher on the celtics than i thought at first uh you had 46 wins in rarity i actually was higher than you at 47 So, obviously, uh, that went well over in the end, although not that much over. I mean, what did they end up winning? 51?
3: 50? It's funny. I was just pulling up cleaning the glass. Since the beginning of February, their expected wins was 70. So, they left a lot of wins on the table. But, yeah, in the end, they were, like, right at 51 or 52. I can't remember.
2: Okay, uh 51. I'll let you go first here, uh, in terms of season wins predictions and acknowledging here if anyone's re-listening to this that this is August and a lot can change. But what do you see this team doing in the regular season this year?
3: Well, I mean the big thing is there's only really one move that we think they might make out there, and I don't think they're gonna win less games if they make that move. So I'm gonna put them at sixty-one. Sixty-one wins,
2: man. Yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I I'm I'm somewhat loath to pick any team to win that much in this day and age like i think at full strength they absolutely will be that level of quality i do also we didn't talk about this in terms of weaknesses but you know crunch time offense closing close games you know they have kind of punched a little bit below their weight on that the last couple of years and and we'll see what And that's usually pretty random so i'm not gonna say that that's gonna happen again this year it certainly happened last year yeah i
3: don't i'm just i look at the other teams that were basically like plus 10 net rating candidates over the years and they were all clear yeah and the especially with their depth now i'm just i'm willing to take yeah. you over on six
2: no i i mean if they're if they hit a plus 10 net rating like they'll be they should be a 60 win team unless they really underperform their point differential like that's Which just they what a plus 10 net rating team they're very is, good yeah. at that for sure so i i gotta go a little bit lower than that for these guys just because i'm not sure how the Gallo thing is gonna work i'm not sure how the big thing is gonna work there could be injuries again like when they had that crazy close to the season other than rob for like the last 15 games or whatever it was they didn't have any injuries at all basically now they're more protected on that obviously but they're still they got to have all those top guys from last year to still play the way that they were playing defensively that yeah. makes them absolutely like the best defense <sighs> i yes, think I'm, i'll go I, i'm i'm tooling around here in like the high 50s i think i'm gonna just be conservative and go with 56 wins for this group okay. just and that's really more just about what the nba is today than this team quality. Like if you're if you're like games where Al Horford, Rob Williams, you know, games when their top six guys, top seven guys are available, I fully expect that they will be the team that you expect. I just I think they're gonna kind of be in chill mode. And I'm also just not sure that anyone else is going to be pushing them to where they have to win 61 games. Like Milwaukee is not really that type of team, You know, Philly, they're going to have their own rest and injury issues as well. Miami, I think they're going to take a little bit of a step back in the regular season as well. They're going to be kind of chilling and they're just not going to be as good. I don't, I don't think either necessarily this year. So uh, I'm not sure. And, and obviously Brooklyn is such a wild card. And it, by the way, if they were to get KD, maybe there's a good reason to record this now. So it'll have like some time to breathe before that trade <laughs> happens if it does. But uh, if they were to get KD, I don't think they would really be that great in the regular season. Because KD just like takes it really easy in the regular season, uh-huh. and he's just like he he's not trying on defense in the regular season. I think that will really actually mess up their identity a little bit in the regular season. So yeah, I think fifty six is where I end up. And you had sixty one little bonus here though. Where do
3: they end up in the playoffs? If they're going to win the championship. Oh baby, yeah. I mean, if I'm going to pick them for sixty one, I'm assu- I'm 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 assuming that means that they continue their identity from what we just saw last season that they're. Main guys are taking a step forward. I just like Tatum and Brown have a lot of room to grow from where, from how they perform in the postseason. And the moves that they've made, I think, will just give them enough of a break throughout the year that they should be sharper. And they'll have, like, I think the big thing is Tatum can probably play off the ball more. And he's really good off the ball and just doesn't get a chance to do it very much. And if you could take the ball out of his hands, it makes him a lot more deadly and it makes things a lot easier. So I I just think that I just the Brogdon edition of Brogdon can really live up to how he's played over the last few seasons and stay healthy, it just completely transforms what they can do offensively without taking that much away from their defense. So I think they're the best team in the game. And I think they're the favorite to win the title, which isn't that yeah. hot of a take.
2: No, not not at all. I, I mean, they're the best regular season team by the end last year, and they made the finals even with s- some injury issues. So, you know, I, I think they're up there with golden state and the clippers in the west and someone else will probably emerge in the west as well you know whether it's a denver i'm not ready to put denver up there yet but some of these teams that have kind of been out of it a little bit including la could come back in the la clippers that is and then you know i think a lot of it's about matchups you know i don't love their matchup against milwaukee if everyone is healthy um but you know we'll see about middleton you know he's got this wrist thing Uh, i do expect them to be the number one seed i would be very surprised if they weren't the number one seed in the east and that's going to help them and ideally you know i think they match up pretty well against philly brooklyn you know we'll see if they if they don't end up getting kd um but i think they also match up probably better defensively than anybody ex- against brooklyn and you know philly like ideally what would happen is philly and milwaukee play each other and philly beats milwaukee and then i think boston can take care of philly pretty easily
3: Whew. and obviously
2: miami yeah i'm trying to think of, like i wouldn't give freedom. them over i'm sorry it's
3: obviously miami if i'm out of actually plays great in
2: playoffs like it's tough yeah i i, I just wonder what's going to happen with miami i mean maybe they make a trade i i think that they're Best shot was last year, but hey, maybe Kyle Lowry comes back and Jimmy Butler is somehow turns on the fountain of youth again in the playoffs this year. Like Miami will always be a threat to some degree, but I think I like Boston's chances the best of any of those teams, other than maybe Milwaukee. But I really am concerned about the Bucks' depth too. But Giannis is just so good, so I I think if there if there is a Boston Milwaukee series, I probably as of right now would pick Milwaukee. I mean, you saw what happened in the series last year, and if you. add chris middleton to that you probably would have to say the bucks would have won that series but i think the bucks other than Giannis, are all on the downside and they don't have much depth like one injury and they're in big trouble whereas boston can withstand injuries more to me but i think i would favor boston in a playoff series against anybody else in the east as of right now but i'm not sure i i wouldn't i would say boston is you know one of maybe five teams that all kind of have an equal chance of winning it would be my thought as of now so uh i mean i guess i would probably pick them to get to the finals and i think would be my uh my pick if you put a gun to my head which i did just now okay best case scenario i mean you're basically saying i mean they could even win you know 64 65 games i think right like that's and and obviously win the championship maybe even just cruise the championship you know like that is a totally total possibility
3: yeah their best case scenario Um, is the suns if they didn't get
2: covid for game seven (laughs) um and then worst case scenario i don't see how they win fewer than 50 i mean that that seems like a, a pretty like with their defense i mean they're gonna be a top five defense like it would be i'd be so shocked if they didn't get to at least that level I and mean, maybe if they traded for kd that's the only way i could see it changing <laughs> but um but obviously they'd be a lot better on offense if they did that yeah
3: Wor- worst case would probably be losing a tough second round series against milwaukee or philadelphia or something like that but they should be able to get yeah. there and be competitive at the very least
2: all right well this was fun man um we can keep up with your work of course at the athletic and twitter is uh jared weiss NBA. is that right that's right Wait, are we betting
3: anything this year
2: oh yeah yeah, we have to huh
3: well what do we disagree on
2: what, uh, what was like our our biggest disagree on disagree I, um,
3: I think tatum's playmaking should be the that, that's like we've been we've been arguing over tatum yeah. ceiling for five years now i feel like we got to put some money on that um
2: yeah well and, and you you've largely i think uh, been correct like he he's exceeded what i thought he could be i mean once he added that off the dribble three-point shooting that's when it really my conception of him changed. um yeah i'm, I'm very interested to see how, how this year goes for him because this is the year i think when you're all right if he's going to be a top five player it's probably this is the year he's going to show that i mean he's, he's made pretty good strides by the end of each year um how about could we do jason tatum true shooting percentage in the playoffs
3: i would rather well i'm thinking we should focus on assists or passing of some sort i think that's the really or, or either that yeah
2: or, I, you know or that's I, I don't know
3: i don't know if we disagree
2: on that that much okay. I, I think to me it's it's more about him being able to like beat people one-on-one and be efficient in the playoffs against like a real switching defense like when things kind of break down uh to really be that good in isolation right i mean i think that like if you look at his isolation numbers over the years like they've always been very poor so that to me even more than the passing is kind of what needs to improve for him to be at like that absolute highest level because then that is what unlocks the playmaking what about i I think that's yeah
3: what about free throw rate we could maybe do true shooting and free throw rate pick over unders on those two true shoot well so then then what happens if one of them each of us wins one then we just we just treat we treat a random select listener to, uh, to uh, let's see, to some Thai dinner in <laughs> oh Vegas. <my> God. <laughs> whomever your best dunked on prime subscriber is yeah
2: okay oh actually no how about this how about this uh true
3: shooting free throw rate and turnover Ooh, perfect turnover rate. perfect all right okay so in the playoffs this season his free throw rate went from 0.44 against the nets the year before in five games that were disaster to 0.36 which was really low for him which isn't good uh for him anyway um Uh, turnover percentage was 15.5 in the playoffs this year and then true shooting was 0.56
2: okay so so the league average turnover percentage is like 13 right so let's say is he over or under that that's that's i think a good one and what was the true shooting percentage he was 0.56 okay that's i I think that's a good over under uh as well and then the last one is the free throw rate and that was it was 0.36 last year yeah yeah that was going against some elite defenses uh i mean probably the three best Defenses in basketball that he went against three three uh th- that's part of why maybe he disappointed a little bit at times i mean we shouldn't forget that incredible game six that he had in milwaukee which is one of the best playoff games that's been played this century but uh so yeah i think
3: like point four, are you good on point four? yeah that's what i was thinking but you know what i'm gonna do i'm pulling up Kawhi. let's pull up what he did with the raptors and he won the title he was okay this is pretty good 61.9 true shooting point uh
2: yeah you, point- you don't want it to be that 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 playoff Front run is like one of the best playoff runs right that like yeah. any wing has ever had that you you're, you don't want to make that the standard because i i think you might lose well i was i was that. like okay
3: let's look at the year before san antonio he had a 67 true shooting in that one so
2: okay, like Kawhi leonard is one of the greatest playoff players of all time like he, yeah. he is it is insane i mean he's had like one bad series in his career basically which is that nugget series and that was it like he's been unbelievable in the playoffs outside of that
3: let's try Durant. maybe that's also i have a part. let's see durant in his 2018 when they won the title he was 60.6 true shooting 34.349 free throw rate which is pretty low yeah he ben. didn't
2: really get to the line as much once he left yeah OKC. His, i'm his not that concerned about the free throws how about, okay. how about we just let's just make it the turnovers and the true shooting can we okay. just do that
3: that. Yeah, let's do that. All right. let's do I think that. I think we're good on that. Yeah, I mean, I'll take the over to, uh, if you want to set wherever you want to set the bar.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so we'll do fifty six percent true shooting and thirteen percent turnover rate in the playoffs. Okay,
3: so I'll do over on for true 10. shooting and under on turnover. I'll bet on Tatum
2: exactly, and I'll be the asshole. <laughs> You're so good at that.
3: Celtics fans a, love you.
2: A, yeah, it. a role. It's the role I was born to play, baby.
3: Yeah, every every fan. Right. Well, thanks thanks control, for reminding
2: yeah. me of that. That was that was ten minutes of, of riveting audio, but I, I'm sure uh, really people in Boston that are. Oh, I hope you edit that down. That was brutal.
3: No, 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 no. That's, we don't.
2: We don't edit here. It's at the end too. You can always just stop listening.
3: That is very true. I that's wonder fine. how many people stick around to listen to us talk about getting dinner in Vegas. Like the most unrelatable thing.
2: I think so like people are interested in like there there are some so. people who who are interested in food. I think like people in Boston are rooting for you to uh, get a nice wagyu dinner at my expense. I think that's. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be rooting for uh, for that to happen? And it, it also, people in Boston will be real happy if Jason Tatum beats uh, those numbers we're talking about in the playoffs the next year,
3: too. I think they'll be happy if they win the title. That seems to be what they're looking for.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even feel that strongly about it. Like, the one we did a couple of years ago where it was like, who's going to shoot over 40% from three. I felt more strongly about that. This one, we're, we're just doing this for fun. I think he yeah. very easily could exceed this. Uh... All right, then. This was fun. Thanks so much uh, for being a subscriber. And we'll be back with more of these Team outlooks